0: of a series called what? Knowing God by name. Can you get it on the back screen too? Uh, Knowing God by name. So first week we covered God as the I am and then we covered Jehovah Nisi. Do you remember Jehovah what Jehovah Nisi stood for? The Lord is my banner. Last week we covered Jehovah Make a dish come, right? How many people are thinking of make a dish come to me? I'm like, Steve, what are you talking about? I have no, I never even connected make a dish come to make a dish come to me. But that's, so besides make a dish come, what does it stand for? The Lord who sanctifies me. Praise the Lord for that. And then today we're looking at Jehovah Rapha. I'm the one who heals you. So I don't know what your experience has been with God, the one who heals you. I I understand today we may have people from all different backgrounds coming in here today. But I want to take a fresh look at what the Bible has to say. I want to go back to the origin of when God said that he is our healer. What, What was the circumstance that he was saying that? So could you agree with me? Um, as we come to the word of God today, I don't want it to be between us. I want to put it off to the side. I want to look at it together with you. Okay. Um, so whatever you may have grown up believing, or you're not sure what you believe, let's look at it together and let's let the word of God and the Holy spirit speak to us. Amen. Can we agree with that? So I'm going to pray. And if you agree with me, then you say amen at the end of the prayer, father, God, we look to you today as we, as we open up your word, Holy spirit, you're the, you're the one that leads us into all truth. So we say, Holy Spirit, open up our eyes, open up our hearts to receive you. Let us see what your word says about God, our healer. And we pray all these things and everyone said, amen. 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 So let's start Jehovah Rapha. You know, it's interesting in the Hebrew, it's Rapha, but sometimes people will also say, uh, Rofa. I don't know why I couldn't understand why it's also, uh, sometimes you find that, but I'm going to be using Rafa. If you've grown up saying Rafa, that's okay too. But it means the same thing to heal, to cure, to restore or make whole, you know, and, and I understand that God says that he's made us a body, a soul and a spirit. He's the only one that can come and restore me and you, right? We can try in ourselves sometimes by self-help or this or that. You know what? It's going to always end up empty. But if we turn to God who he says he is, he's going to heal us. He's going to cure us. He's going to restore us. So, So where did this name come from? The God who heals you, Jehovah Rapha, It said, if you want to really understand the the meaning of the word, go to the first place you find it in the Bible. And that's where we're going to go this morning. We're going to be turning to Exodus uh, and it's going to be Exodus 15. And this is what it says in Exodus 15. We're going to start reading in 22. Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea and they moved out into the desert of Shur. So we're going to stop right there. We're going to kind of take this verse by verse for a little bit. All right. So what just happened Right, the the Israelites leave Egypt in an amazing, like, ten plagues happened, right? You know, all the firstborn just got killed. There was blood, you know, the water was turned into blood in the Nile and the grasshoppers and all those plagues. An amazing sign of God's power and his majesty. And now they're at the the Red Sea. The army is coming. The Egyptian army is coming to capture them. And they're like, you know, shaking in their boots. And God says to Moses, don't cry out to me. Take the staff I gave you and put it in the water. And the water parts. Like this is 600,000 people that have to cross the Red Sea. I mean, maybe God could have used boats, but that's too many boats. It's easier just to let them walk on dry land for God. He's like, I'll just part the sea, let you all walk over. But imagine how long does it take for 600,000 people to cross the sea? I don't know. I can't. I imagine it's more than a couple minutes, right? Um, so they're probably walking for a day. I, I don't know, but it's it's going to be a long time. And the army is there, coming after them. So when they finally the last Israelite gets to the other side, God closes the water, and the whole Egyptian army is killed—horses, chariots, all the all the men. So this is what they've just seen. They've had a party. And now God does what? He leads them out into the desert. And it says, and they traveled in this desert for three days without finding any water. And when they came to the oasis of Mara, the water was too bitter to drink. So they called the place Mara, which means bitter. You know, I don't know about you, but when they left the Red Sea, where were they going when they started off into the desert? What was their destination? It was the promised land, right? God, we're going to the promised land. They're probably saying, we're going to the promised land. (laughs) And they're three days in the the desert. Like I'm sure they're camelbacks. If they had camelbacks back then or whatever, like they all had a lot of water. But man, the water supply is dwindling. It's dwindling. And now they're out. And it's hot. And it's sandy. And they're like, I need some water. You know, there was a time meg and i were on vacation down in florida and i thought it would be a good idea to go for a run right um but i woke up late and i left at about 10 30 in the morning and 45 minutes out i decided to turn around and come home and and then man i'm just sweating and i didn't have any water and i'm like oh my gosh i'm getting desperate now i feel like if i don't have water i'm gonna die so I hail down some cyclists, and I'm like, do you guys have any water? And this person gives me their half-drunk water bottle, and I'm like, I'll take it. And I just drank the thing down and then continued home. That was after an hour and a half, you know, or an hour. Imagine three days, and you're out of water, you're in a desert. So, so what do you think they do? Yeah, this is what it looks like for them to be. Right? These are the Israelites. They're between a rock and a hard place. If they drink the water, it's bitter, and they're going to die. If they don't drink the water, they're probably going to die, right? What do you do? So they do what any of us would do. We're like, "God, why?" Except instead of saying, "God why?" they're like, "Moses, what have you done?" Like, and Moses is like, "Why are you looking at me?" Like I didn't do anything. This is God had told us to do this. He told us to come out here. You know, when things go bad, who do you blame? Don't you usually well you could blame God? Sometimes you blame the devil, too. It's like, oh man, the devil, the devil's doing this, he's attacking me. Like all this stuff has happened to me. It's got to be the devil. Who took them out into the wilderness? It was God that said, Go into the wilderness. And now they find themselves between a rock and a hard place. So it says, then the people complained. And turned against Moses and said, what are we going to drink? And they demanded. I'm sure that demanded is like the understatement. It's probably like, hang him, hang him. (laughs) Like Moses, if you don't do something right now, we're taking your life. So I think Moses might have been, you know, as he's walking those three days, he probably had Joyce Meyer's podcast going on where she says, you know what? Um, When there's trouble, don't run for the throne. What are you supposed to? I mean, don't run for the phone, run for the throne. Right? That's what Joyce says. So he must have been listening to that. Because Moses is like, alright, there's nobody I can talk to here. I'm going to cry out to God. And Moses cries to the Lord for help. And the Lord shows him a piece of wood. A piece of wood? Like maybe a filtration system. God could have just provided, you know, something to filter the water. But it's a piece of wood. He throws it into the water. And this makes the water good to drink. Boom. Another miracle. Another miracle. You know, this wood is a type of the cross that Jesus comes in the midst of all of our bitterness, in the midst of our sin, and he takes us and he makes us sweet when we look to the cross. So this is what God is doing. And if you don't remember anything from this message, here's one of the things I, I'd like you to remember. Difficulties never test the faithfulness of God, but they test the faith of God's people, right? Right? So God was testing what was going on with his people. It's not that God wasn't, his hand wasn't so short it couldn't save. He was the one that brought them specifically to the bitter waters because he wanted to show them another side of himself. He wanted to see, all right, you had a water problem with the Red Sea. I resolved that water problem. Can you trust me now in this water problem? How do you think they did on the test? What grade would you give them? I'd probably give them an F. I think they failed. They're like, Moses, we need water. Instead of God, like, come, come right in the midst of this parchness. Give me what I need. You know, there's some great saints we find in, in, uh, in the Bible, right? There's a lot of stories in the Old Testament and the New Testament of people that got healed, miraculously, right? We've got Naaman, we have Miriam with her leprosy. We've got the woman, uh, you know, with the issue of blood. But do we ever talk about some of the saints of God that didn't get healed, right? So did you know in 2 Timothy 4.20, Paul was traveling with a bunch of companions and he had to leave his friend behind because his friend was sick. I'm like, Paul, why didn't you just heal him? No, he left him behind and said, look, you stay here, you get better. We're going to go without you, Timothy had stomach problems. Remember that? Paul himself had a physical illness that God chose not to heal. Paul asked him three times. Paul healed others, but he couldn't say, God, heal me. No, God chose not not to do it. So bottom line is this. Healing and God's moving is up to him. It's not up to me. It's not up to you. But should we pray for healing? I believe we should always pray for healing, right? When, whenever we're in the midst of circumstance where it's difficult, we shouldn't turn to each other. We shouldn't complain, run to the phone. No, we should run for the throne. We should always be looking to God. Because in the midst of all those situations, it's not God's faithfulness that's being tested. It's, it's my faith. It's your faith that's being tested. And if we recognize that, God is going to do something in our midst. Now, praise God when he chooses to heal us, I give him all the glory. If he chooses not to heal me, what am I going to do? I'm going to give him all the glory. I'm not going to say, what? You answered my prayer with a No, that's not allowed, God. No, he's God. He can do what he wants to do. But here's a fact. Everyone in the New Testament, the woman with the issue of blood, Lazarus that got raised from the dead, guess what they all have in common? They all died. At some point, they all died. Am I right? Like none of of them lived. Every miracle that God did, that person still ended up dying, right? So it wasn't about the miracle. It was about what God was doing in their life. Can you say amen to that, right? We don't seek miracles. We seek God, what are you doing in my life? Does God do miracles? He absolutely does. I want us to get that. But it's more about what he's doing in our lives and the life change that's happening for us and what that's gonna mean for us as we go to eternity than it is that, okay, you know what? You're raised up, you're healed. Because you know what? Even though you're healed today, at some point you are gonna die and we're all going to eternity. So let's put our focus on the main event, which is when we leave here and we go to eternity, not focusing on, oh, wow, there was a miracle or this or that. Like God is working in our heart and that's the reason why he does miracles, to work more in our heart. So let's continue the story. It was there at Marah that the Lord set before them The following decree as a standard to test their faithfulness to him. He said, If you'll listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands and keeping all his decrees, then I'll not make you suffer any of the diseases I sent on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. This is it Jehovah Rapha. I am the Lord who heals you. That's his name. Right, I don't call Fat Jimmy, Fat Jimmy because he's skinny. I call Fat Jimmy, Fat Jimmy because he's heavy. That's who he is. Right? This, uh, when I say the Lord is my healer, that's who he is. That's, that's what he does. He's the God who heals us. That's his name. But God brings the Israelites to Mara to test their faithfulness. It's not God that's being tested. It's the Israelites that are being tested. So how many of you would love if life was just easy peasy, lemon squeezy, never had a struggle, never had an issue, all your bills were paid, your car never broke down, nothing ever happened in your house, never needed a new roof, never needed a new boiler, like you you had a job for your whole life, you loved your co-workers, how many of you would like that? Right? Wouldn't that be great? All your friends were always nice to you and encouraging you. They never said a mean thing. You never had an issue in life. Your kids did everything perfectly. They always said, yes, mom, yes, dad. You know, what can I, do? mom, can I help you with dinner? Like everything was going right in your life. Wouldn't that be amazing? No, that wouldn't be amazing. And here's why. Because as much as we would love a struggle-free life, Although you can, you know, help around the house, kids. That would be great. No, you you do. I know you do. Um, Jesus doesn't take away all of our difficulties. And we see this played out in nature, right? Did you know that scientists have found that wind plays a really important part in the root development of a tree, right? So if a tree has very little wind that comes, so no adversity in your life, there's no reason for the roots to grow down deep. First sign of a rogue storm, man, that tree is going down because it's got no root system. But what happens when the wind is blowing all the life of that tree? It's the roots are going down deep and preparing so, so that it's never got a root system that can't sustain what the branches are right in the middle of a storm. So which one represents us? Right, If you've got adversity in your life and you've learned how to trust God through that adversity and and get to the other side, like you go through the bitter waters of Mara, but you're crying out to God. You're not crying out and complaining. Something's happening. Our roots are going down deeper. And we see this played out in nature, and I think it's a great uh, life lesson for all of us. Okay, what do I do in the middle of tough situations? Am I just crying and complaining or am I seeking God and allowing roots to go down deeper? But life is never easy for a Christian because God intends for things to come, when to come, to make our roots go down deep into who he is and to see more of his faithfulness and for our faith to be tested. So this is how the story ends. After leaving Marah, the Israelites traveled on on to the oasis of Elam where they found 12 springs and 70 palm streams, Palm trees, and they camped there beside the water. Now, that sounds amazing, doesn't it? Right? Instead of one bitter spring, now they've got 12. 12 springs, 70 palm trees. I don't know how 600,000 people are going to fit under 70 palm trees. Do the math. But remember, there were big palm trees, right? That they could all had to rotate, you know? This is my shift for shade. Um, But somehow, God took them from the Red Sea. He took them through Mara. And now they get to the oasis. And that's a picture of our Christian walk. Like God does a miracle. He, re- he removes us from a situation. We find ourselves in the middle of a desert. Our faith is being tested. And then he comes through. And then he leads us to the oasis. But as we're talking about God as our healer this morning, I asked Jess Aquino if she wouldn't mind giving us her testimony today. Jess, would you come up? Jess has an amazing testimony, not too long ago actually, of what God did in her life. But I'll let her tell you
1: morning. Um, So I'm going to share briefly um, when uh, we were struggling, when this nation was struggling with not knowing what was going to happen with people that had COVID. Um, I happen to be a very uh, sensitive person in the sense that I've experienced a lot of medical issues. I I battled cancer three times. My first time I was 17 years old and I had um, a, a cancer that was that was very rare. And so I really tried everything that I could to protect myself from getting COVID. But as we all know, that's almost impossible. And so when I got COVID, after I want to say about 12 days, I ended up going to the hospital. And I remember calling my sister and asking her to, to take me to the hospital. And when I saw her, I, I looked at her face and I felt the Lord say to me, It's the last time you're going to see her. You're not going to see her again. But I was so weak and I was so sick that all I thought to myself was, God, whatever you want to do, do whatever you want to do. You're still an awesome God. When I got to the hospital, um, they brought me in and they took a look at me really quickly. And I went to CMC, by the way, which I was so impressed with some of the things that they did. But when they brought me in... Um, one of the doctors on the loudspeaker said, hey, you know, we're just going to stop for a moment and we're going to pray for all of our patients here. And they did, and they prayed. I thought that was so amazing. In any case, within the next couple of hours, the doctors let me know that I had severe COVID and that that I should probably uh, speak to my family and my husband and let them know that I probably will not be here in 48 hours. Um, And I remember... Uh, really, I was so weak and so, so, so ill. I, number one, I didn't feel that that was the move to make to tell my family, but I started to reach out to uh, friends here in this church and say, hey, this is what they're saying and, um, you know, they were offering me all kinds of medication and while they were offering the medication, they were saying, these are all of the, these are all the, the, of the side effects. You may get this, you may die, you may. And I remember texting some of my friends here in the church and just saying, what should I do? Um, and because I was so weak in my lungs, I remember thinking, God, I just need to be encouraged by you. Um, I don't know how to pray. I don't. I I can't even worship but I put on a song and I don't know if you guys are familiar with the song Jira from Maverick City right you are enough and I will be content in every circumstance and I played that song and I put it on repeat and I listened to it and I got weaker and weaker and weaker and um and I remember thinking I'm not I'm really not going to see my family again God And then there was one night That I was laying there. I had this mask on my face. And they told me, if you don't get better, we're going to intubate you. And I heard the cry of people praying for me in that room. It was this church. It was churches in New York. It was my family praying for me. I heard it was like a roar of people surrounding the bed. And I thought, God. I can't even open up my mouth and thank you. But I thank you in my mind that people are crying out for me. And two days later, two days later, the doctor came in celebrating. And they said, you're going you're gonna to make it. And they said, it's a miracle. And I said, I know I, I have a very big church of people praying for me. And so what I want to say is that God is good no matter what circumstance. Because I remember thinking, God, whatever you do, it's going to be good whether I'm here or not. But he chose to heal me and allow me to share this with you this morning so that you would be encouraged that God is faithful. He's a good God. He's a good God no matter what he chooses. Amen.
0: Thank you. Thank you. God is a good God. Amen. I, I remember, I remember that. Jess, did you get in? Did you get on a ventilator? Did they put you on a ventilator ever? No. Okay. Yeah. Praise the Lord for that. But I, I remember this church, we, we were praying. We were, we were storming heaven for Jess. And I know she's got, she knows Christians all over the world. There was a lot of people praying for her. And that's powerful. You know, when I started here at Shiloh full-time, it was about five years ago. And in that first week, as I was praying, I put two scriptures up on my whiteboard in my office. So if you've ever been to my office, you'll, you'll see them. Percy's still amazed that they're up there. He told me the other day. But this is one of them that I have up there. And I've, I've always held this out to the Lord. It says in Mark 16, verse 17 and 18, these miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They'll cast out demons in my name. They'll speak in a new language. They'll be able to handle snakes with safety. And if they drink any anything poisonous, it won't hurt them. They'll be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. You know, and I... I've chosen in my life that I believe God at his word. I, I'm not going to look at his word and say, okay, that was just for then. This is now and this and then, you know, what? God, if you said it, I'm going to believe it. And it doesn't say, okay, these miraculous signs will follow an elder or they'll follow someone who's perfect or they'll follow, follow someone who's, you know, paid the price. It follows people that believe we're all in different stages of our belief But I believe that that all of us, if you believe in God, this is for you. It's for me. That we can place hands on the sick and they will be healed. Right? Now, I've already said, give you new examples in the Bible. All right. There's some that got healed immediately. There's some that, that, you know, I I can remember times when Elisha was praying for a dead man over and over and over. It's like the fifth time that one of them got healed. But it reminds me of a story. My sister, uh, my oldest sister, she spent a time in Africa as a missionary, and she was in you know one of these amazing churches. It was probably one of these crazy faith churches, right? But she told me, Greg, I met a person that got raised from the dead, and I'm like, come on. She's like, no, no, no. I met him. I heard his story. He was dead for a couple of days. And then people from the church came, they prayed for him, and God raised him from the dead. And I'm like, I don't that just blows my mind to hear a story like that. And she's like, but wait a minute, there's more. And I'm like, what? There's more. She's like, the church saw three people raised from the dead. And I'm like, they saw three. And I'm like, that's crazy. She's like, no, wait, there's more. I'm like, there's more? She's like, Greg, they prayed for hundreds to be raised from the dead. And then it hit me. You know why we don't see people raised from the dead here in America? Because how many people have you prayed for to be raised from the dead? Probably zero, right? I've never prayed for anybody to be raised from the dead. But they prayed for hundreds and they saw three. Okay, guys. Why do we limit God and put him in a box and say, you can only do this or you can only do that or or, Lord, you know, I'm going to trust you with this, but I won't trust you with that. We need to raise our faith and put it on God. And, you know, this this is a morning where I'm asking you, Okay, take your faith from here and put it here and, and just start to let your faith increase to say, God, you're the God of the impossible. Why do I always think that you can only do what's possible? No, God wants us to challenge him with things. I know today, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego knew that God could, you know, God could rescue them from the fire. But if not, they were still going to praise him. I think that's how we approach healing this morning. God, you are able to heal. We're going to pray in faith for healing. We're going to believe what the scripture says, that we'll place our hands on the sick and they shall be healed. But if you walk out of here without the healing that you were looking for today, that's okay. Keep praising God. Keep walking and claiming it. But God is more about testing our faith than us seeing if he's faithful or not. Because you know what? He's always faithful. That's what his word says. He's not going to be untrue to who he is. He's the faithful God. Even when we are unfaithful, he is faithful is what the word says. So I'm going to give us a moment here. I'm gonna, in a moment, I'm going to be inviting if you're, if you're suffering from, from long-haul COVID or you're suffering from other, other sicknesses to deal with COVID, I believe there's something in this testimony that just, just gave us. I want you to come up front, and, I, and I've asked people to come behind you and pray individually and just pray in faith. If, if you're here this morning and you're like, you know what? I'm dealing with such depression and anxiety from being cooped up for a couple of years. Like, this is a morning. I want to see you get set free. If you've got physical illness, you've got spiritual or emotional, like, and something's stirring inside of you, how do you know when God moves? You know, I, I know when God moves because I feel it on the inside. Sometimes you see me cry, right? That when God is moving, I don't know. I, don't, I can't express it except all of a sudden I just start to get teary and I get emotional. If you feel any sense that God is calling you to take a step of faith this morning, this is your morning. Come forward. We're going to pray for you in a minute. But before we pray for healing, I just have a few things I want to say. One more click. Can you do it for me? There we go. Before we pray for healing, there isn't any more important healing than the healing of our heart. Right? Jesus is the one that saves us. Right? If you don't have a personal relationship with Jesus, I want to tell you the whole reason why Jesus came to the earth is because God wanted a personal relationship with each one of us but he couldn't do it because of our sin. He had to pay the price for our sin. That's why he sent Jesus to die on the cross. If you have never given your heart, given your life to God and said, Jesus, I want you to be my Lord and savior. You're the first person that needs to come up front so we can pray and you can give your life to God and you can get saved from your sin. All right, so that's the first thing we're praying for. Sometimes when we come in prayer for healing, we we don't stand in a place of forgiveness. Unfortunately, we have unforgiveness in our heart. I'm not trying to say that if you if you have sin in your life, that God won't forgive you. But sometimes this is what we find in scripture. James 5 says this, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. So you know, if you've got sin that you need to get rid of, You're a candidate for healing. Just come and confess your sin to the Lord and then let's pray and let's ask God for your healing. But don't come with unconfessed sin saying, God, I'm expecting you to move because God's given us that qualifier. You need to confess your sin one to another and then be healed. And I'm not saying that, okay, you're, you're not healed because you have sin in your life, but I'm saying sometimes that's the case. So forgive others, right? Jesus prayed. He taught us to pray. Father, forgive me as what? as I forgive others, right? So if you're walking in unforgiveness today, that can prevent healing. We need to forgive others. We need to surrender to God and say, God, I'm, I'm looking only to you. I'm not putting my faith in who's ever praying for me. I'm, I'm going to be looking to you. Many times when I've approached the Lord in faith, I don't know, maybe you've felt this like I have. Do I have enough faith to believe for this? Right, you know, we, we get into this thing, do we want to qualify. Well, I, I really haven't been a Christian for that long. I don't know if I deserve this. I'm, am I unworthy? It's got nothing to do with you or I. It's got everything to do with who he is, nothing to do with me. This is what Jesus said about faith. Do you have faith as little as a mustard seed? Do you ever see a mustard seed? My mom used to have these cards she'd give us. And there was like this little speck in there. The mustard seed is so, 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 so tiny. But Jesus said, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, be cast into the sea and it'll go. It'll be cast into the sea. That's his words, not mine. So God is the healer this morning. We look to him. He can heal our bitterness. He can heal our burdens. He can heal our body. He can heal our brokenness. He can make us whole. If he heals you today, I'm going, to praise the, I'm going to praise the Lord. If he doesn't choose to heal you today, I'm going to still praise the Lord. But are we going to pray in faith, church? Yes, we're going to pray in faith. So let's stand up for a moment here. God is the God that heals us. Hebrews says this, he's the same God today, yesterday, and forever. Right? I'm, I'm choosing to take him at his word, and I'm taking a bold step today saying, guys, if you're here this morning, and you feel like there's something God wants you to be prayed for, would you just come and line this altar? Just take a minute, come line the altar, and then I'm going to ask a prayer team to come behind you. One-on-one, we want to pray for you. So your boldness isn't for my sake, it's, it's for, for his sake. What has God put on your heart? Did he say, you know what, I want you to take a step. I know it might be uncomfortable. Take a step of faith, come up front. You can just stand right on, on the, the floor there, that's fine. If you want to kneel, too, that's even better. Then the prayer team will know who's here to be prayed for versus who's not. But I am encouraging you, if you've got a physical ailment, a spiritual ailment, an emotional ailment, you need healing in your life, you got depression, like this is a morning. Let's all take a step of faith and say, God, we're coming before you. Lord, we might be at the bitter water today of Mara. But Lord, I know that you've taken us from the Red Sea and you're going to take us to the other oasis at Elam. Lord, this is not our destination. This is just a stopping point. But it's a stopping point for a reason. Why? Because he's testing our faith. It's never his faithfulness. It's our faith. So now prayer team, would you come behind them? And if if you're up here, just know that I've asked a prayer team to come. They're going to be praying for you. If you don't get prayed for by the time I close this service, please stay up here. We're going to be walking and going through everyone and starting to pray. We want to, we want to pray for each one of you individually. So let's all pray together. Father God, I thank you for, for your word. Lord, I thank you that we stand on Jehovah Rapha. Lord, we call upon you today. You're the God that heals us. So Lord, I speak your healing to each one that's here this morning, God. Lord, your word says that you sent your word to heal us and that by your stripes we are healed. Father, I speak healing in Jesus' name. We look to you, Lord Jesus, as our healer. I ask you touch every need here represented, Lord, by people that have come up front. Lord, we put our faith in who you are, not in who we are, God. And I thank you, Lord, for your healing in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for all of your saints here today, God. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for this opportunity we have this morning to look at at who you are. You are the God who heals us. So Lord, even as we walk this week, God, we thank you for your presence in our life. We thank you for your healing in our life. And God, we appropriate it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. All right, so God bless you all. You're dismissed. And if you're here this morning, please stay up here. We're gonna pray for each one of you. Thank you.